This episode of the If You Ask Betty podcast is brought to you by Alternative Media. Are you working on a massive project and need some help? A&M offers a wide range of professional services from e-learning and training development, comics, graphic novels, 3D model creation, and virtual reality experiences. Follow Alternative Media on Twitter at A-N-M underscore tweets to stay updated or visit alter-native-media.com today to set up a free consultation. Welcome to the If You Ask Betty podcast. This podcast is designed to discuss all kinds of development topics for all kinds of learning professionals. I'm your host, Betty Danowitz, and today we're talking with Johnny Hamilton about the future of workplace learning. Hi, Johnny. Hello. Thanks for being on the podcast today. So help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Can you give us a quick intro about you and maybe even how we met? Sure thing. I am a learning innovation thought leader, a writer, and a full-stack learning designer. Full-stack learning basically means, hey, I have an idea for doing something. How do you design it? How do you build it? Well, how do you launch it? And Well, how do you test to see that it actually may do what it's supposed to do? I can take all of those and build throughout that full stack of different uh, pieces. I wear three different hats. Um, I am a senior designer and innovation consultant at Providence St. Joseph Health, uh, which is the third largest or nonprofit um, healthcare system. I am a senior experience designer at Ingenuity, which is a uh, custom e-learning content developer company. And I'm also creative director and co-founder at Tuit Education Solutions, which is a company that I launched to explore innovative teaching using interactive technology. That's a lot of jobs. It's a lot, but I love doing it all. Yeah, it's hard to pick one when you love them all. Yeah. And how did we meet? Well, I believe you were on a webinar when I was doing Beyond and Zapper, and that's when you kind of reached out afterwards and said, hey. I was, but we met we met before that, and it's okay no. that you don't remember. Yeah, we did. We actually met in person back when we were allowed to do that. Back and in the day? Back in the day. So it was my very first conference ever. Okay. It was Realities 360 2018. Yes, in San Jose. In San Jose, which I love that city. And uh, I, that was my, like, again, my very first conference ever. It was where I learned about augmented reality. It was where my life got flipped, turned upside down. And everybody knows that everybody's going to be singing that song now. Like, <laughs> because I walked in there thinking that I knew how to teach people stuff. And then I learned about augmented reality and chats, chat bots and virtual reality. And I think it was the last day I went to a morning buzz and you were doing a morning buzz uh, and yeah. talking. About, I can't even remember what you're talking about, but I do remember that I was just super sucked into what you had to say. I'd have to look at my notes to remember what you were talking about. But um, so we did actually get a chance to meet there. It's okay that you don't remember me. I mean, I was the only redhead in the room, but that's fine if you can't remember me. Um, but I've sort of followed you along in a non-stalker way ever since and kind of been paying attention to the things that you're doing. And especially when uh, you started doing some talks around Beyond and then Beyond with Zapper, because I love both of those dearly, because I think the animation, I mean, that's a whole other uh, 
podcast, but like, I think the animation is amazing. And I think Zapper is, it, it creates a level of engagement that I, I, that I think is unparalleled right now. And, and they're great tools. That's the thing is um, yes. the reason I like both of those tools is because they are platforms that allow you to easily create engaging content. And yes. when I was looking at a variety of tools, when I wanted to make uh, in, you know, interactive uh, videos, I looked at a variety of things. And when I came across what was then uh, Go Animate, mm -hmm. um, and it turned into Beyond, it was like, oh, well, this is something that allows me to move characters in this way. And I'm like, now I can tell compelling stories that people mm -hmm. can relate to. And with Zapper, it was, oh, there's three different levels of tools beginner, intermediate, and expert when you get into coding kind of stuff. So I can dip my toe in, get success. I can dive in and get success. And then I can get lost in all of that coding kind of stuff. And I'm like, I can, whatever level I'm at, I can mm -hmm. create some innovative stuff. So that was exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. I was like, well, what can you do when you put them together? And that's where the uh, webinar came from. And we can talk some more about that in a little bit. But right now, uh, we're going to be talking about the the future of workplace learning. So to clarify, this podcast is not about the future of work. So for that conversation, see episode three, we already had that conversation, but rather it's about the future of workplace learning. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a topic that's near and dear to me. It lights up my board every time. Um, and I know that you have a certain passion around it as well. So let's just start off with the the what inspired you question. What would you say inspired you to start researching and investigating, you know, the future of workplace learning or innovative learning? What what led you there? Well, I'm just a curious person. I've always been. And when I'm looking at new tools and you know how do they change the way we work and what do we do you know I, I've, I've had several different careers um so I, I started off as a teacher and i saw when and this was 15 years 20 years ago now i, I looked at well there, there were these things called digital whiteboards and i'm like wait a minute you can have this tool that is a big screen that you can touch instead of a blackboard and mm -hmm. what could you do to transform learning? And I was like, whoa. And that's what I launched my uh, consulting company with that. As a instructional designer, uh, when I got into corporate and was uh, building uh, those kind of things, it was, well, there's new design approaches. You know, you can tell stories, you can use micro learning, you can use mobile. And it was those kind of um, either designs or technology that changed what you could do. Now, in my role as an innovator, there's a whole bunch of new technologies, augmented reality, uh, virtual reality, cloud, uh, big data, adaptive. All those things are, they're not incremental changes anymore. These are, it changes the landscape completely. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it's like, now I'm even more curious because I get to ask deeper questions and they have deeper impacts. It's just a great place to to be curious, really. It, and it's an awesome time to be in learning. Do you, yes. do, you ever find, do you ever find that you're, there's so many bright, shiny objects that you don't know where to look and you just like, you just get a little bit overwhelmed? You're oh, like, yes. Oh, okay, oh, good. Absolutely. Me. And what I do in those cases is I look at, 
well, I need to find a what this shiny new object does this solve a business need? And if it doesn't, mm-hmm. then I can just kind of play with it a little bit and go, that's interesting. And until you f- match up with a business need, I'm just going to uh, play with you like a little ball of clay. I'm not going to do much with you. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So tell us what is the future of workplace learning? So it is integrated um, and it is based on skills and mm-hmm. it is, it allows a collaborative approach. Just think of it this way. Um, if you were to go back 15 years and you were to ask somebody, well, what's the future of um, entertainment or what's the future of shopping? If you were to try to explain to somebody, well, there's this thing that fits in the palm of your hand that you can stream videos or that it will tell you recommended things that you should buy because you bought these other things. And you could just try and explain all of that to somebody. Mm-hmm. They would say, well, that's Star Trek. That, that just, yes. you know, that's way far out there. Right. But here's the thing is that people are used to having a really great experience when they shop, when they uh, talk to their friends and do social media stuff, when they entertain and watch uh, videos or movies or whatever. All of that are exceptional, wonderful, personalized experiences. And they're small. And if you want to dive deep into something, you can dive deep into something. But when you go into corporate learning, it's one size fits all. It's read and click. It mm-hmm. is uh, longer periods of time that are away from your traditional workflow. It's a horrible experience. And the future of workplace learning is taking what works in all of those other areas in shopping, in uh, entertainment, in communication, and applying that into workplace learning. So it becomes adaptive. It responds to what you need. It is to the level of your interest. It is available anytime, anywhere, any place on any device. And it's also collaborative where you get to add your own stuff to what is given to you. And when you do that, that's all from the learner perspective. When you do that, the backend infrastructure is all integrated. And so it starts serving you more of what you want. And the business all of a sudden has takes learning from, well, we're serving you up learning so you improve better, to now it says, well, we're doing that, but now we're getting business intelligence because we get to find out in real time what's hot and what's not. We get Mm -hmm. to find out who is struggling and who needs additional support. We get to find what skills a person has and map that to our workforce planning and say, is our workforce meeting our current demands and our future demands, and how do we upskill? I mean, those are things that learning has never been in the room for. We're now in the executive room and we say, we can bring business intelligence and analytics to to the table. Now we're relevant. Yeah, so, so you really painted a picture. Like I really believe in my heart that you can see it. Yeah. And 
I can see it a little bit now. Like it's a little less fuzzy because, because we have to hear this stuff over and over and over again, right? We have to hear it and, and be able to visualize it ourselves and then take steps towards it before it actually really becomes real to us. And um, so I love the way that you have laid that out. So those of you listening, if you want to just back up two minutes and listen to it one more time, I would highly recommend that. I thought, I think you laid that out beautifully. Now, I will, one thing that sort of caught my ear yeah, um, definitely is you talked about skills. And there, I think we hear a lot of talk about skills, like you're going to need these skills for, you know, the future of work. And I believe in all of that. And I think that the things you're talking about as far as what the future of a workplace learning looks like will require learning and development to have more skills. Yes. And different skills and that it will, it will help us to create and impart different skills to the learner in a different way. But all I can think whenever I hear skills is I also hear talent because they're different. And I know this is a little bit of an aside, but where does talent fit in here? And maybe, maybe we should start by defining it. So, so skills are something that you learn and can build. And quite frankly, if you don't use them, you can lose them. Okay. What about talent? Like, how would you define talent? I know how I would. I want to see how you would define talent. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to bounce that back to you because to me, uh, talent and skill are both measurable aspects of performance. That's and true. Both, both can be improved. So that's true. when it comes to workplace, I, you know, I, I would say skills are more something that you can learn and talent is more um, your, uh, natural tendency. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's more of an inherent quality. Okay, good. Um, We're on the same page. Good. So that's my, that's my question is where does talent fit in? Because the things you're talking about are things that we've been talking about. You're yeah. just putting them all together quite beautifully. And, um, and we want that, but does that mean that we don't already have that natural inclination? Is ah. it something everyone will have to learn? Where does talent fit with that? Well, to me, talent fits in, are you on the right seat in the bus? And so I may be uh, a talented problem solver, but I don't like working with people. Or maybe I do like working with people. So there are, you know, if I'm, if I don't, if I'm a talented problem solver and I don't like working with people, the wrong seat on the bus for me is in customer service because mm-hmm. I'm engaging with people. So my talent is misaligned and my skills that are that naturally come out from that talent, um, I will be a highly unengaged and dissatisfied worker because it, the, the, my talent is not being uh, leveraged correctly. I'm on the wrong seat on the bus. But if I am on the right seat on the bus, for me, that my talent and I'm a... Um, you know, and I'm an extrovert. That's one of my talents is being able to talk to people and I'm in customer service. Then that's a place where I can then shine because what's being asked of me is closely aligned with uh, what is inherently in me and what I can also be leveled up in my skills. And I think that's a great answer. You did, you handled that really well. It was kind of a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's where when we get to the future of workplace learning, it's not only engaging the workers, but it's also identifying 
well, beyond your role and your uh, your work history and the other metadata about you, the where you went to school, what are your skills? What are your mm -hmm. natural tendencies? What are you inclined to do best work in? And then can we map that to a place in our organization for you? Talent involves your passion as well. Yes. Because typically they kind of, and they're not the same. But and, and, and some people might say that's semantics, but really it's not. So talent is something that you're naturally inclined to do really well. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I'm naturally inclined to talk to other people really well. I have never been introverted. I've always been extroverted. I'm a 97% extrovert. So <laughs> On the far end of that scale. Being in quarantine, it might kill me. We'll see. <laughs> Um, but, um, but yeah, so like, those are, those are natural inclinations where passion, like if you can have a natural inclination to be able to do something and you not only like doing it, but it lifts you up, it lights you up. That's passion. Yes. yes. Right. And so, so like if we have that talent, we have that passion and then and you can build those skills, get those people. I love how you said it in the right seat on the bus, mm -hmm. that's going to accelerate moving towards this future of workplace learning, this place where things are integrated and part of and adaptive and part of the way that you're already working so that as you are doing the work, you're getting better at it. Well, and the other thing is that it's engaging to you. You, you find mm -hmm. it naturally mm -hmm. uh, curious. You are drawn to it. If, if you had to be doing anything, you'd wind up be doing this. And that happens right. to be the work that you're doing. And that's, that's, that, that's really the best way. And there has been research that supports this. Get this. This is from the World Economic Foundation. That um, highly sustainably engaged workers are 82% more productive than those that aren't. Now, if you run the math on that, that means you get three people that are regularly engaged. Mm -hmm. And you can get two highly, highly engaged, sustainably engaged workers. They're going to outperform those three people mm -hmm. every time. And it's like, wow. And I, I'm so glad you brought that up. And that was a fabulous statistic because so many times we talk about engagement and learning and development folks, they listen. They listen to what you're saying about engagement. But when they go back and they start designing they don't do anything that's engaging no, because it takes extra work. It takes more creativity and it feels like they're not really teaching and that people aren't really learning. And both of those things are false. And, but, but that's sort of the way that we've always done it, right? Like if I, the teacher, am not involved in your learning, then you're not learning something. Right. Well, and it goes back to learning is more than just acquiring information. Mm -hmm. You have to do something with it. That's where the engagement actually happens. Absolutely. And that's why I love Zapper. That's why I love augmented reality. Because you can take, like, for example, anything that you say the same way every time, right? You Anything. Mm -hmm. Take a piece. It can be a paragraph. It can be a page. Whatever it is that you want. And you create a simple augmented reality experience. It doesn't have to be like you said on that that coding end, right? It can be if you have that talent, go for it. I'm a designer, I'm not a developer, but I still create augmented reality. And you take and you create the simple augmented reality, you put it into the flow of the course or the the session that you're creating. 
and it breaks their concentration from however it is you were delivering it, causes mm-hmm. them to pull out their own device, which, by the way, they are completely in love with. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. They are taking their own device that they love and they're now engaging with content in whichever creative way that you've you've developed it in augmented reality. It could be interactive. It could just be a display. It could be could just be a video place for them. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be minority report. Like I say, I've said this so many times. It doesn't have to be like it pops up in front of them and they're using their hands to move around data. Okay, no, this is L&D. We don't have the budget for that. No. So it can be simple. And then what happens is they're using this device that they're in love with. They're accessing information. The blue light in the device is triggering dopamine in their head. So not only are they getting the information, but it's telling the device they're in love with is telling them that they love this information. And now they're going to remember it. And then 90 seconds later, they come back into whatever the rest of your solution was. And I'm sorry, I did get off a little tangent there, but that's like, that's what I see personally as the future of workplace learning is those pieces of engagement. And I think too often in our industry, we discount that and we'll do that if we have time. No, no, no. Right. That that should be part of the initial design. You should be thinking about that ahead of time. Well, when somebody is not engaged, in their learning, they are kind of dialing it back. The learning is not a means to itself. It's a means to an end. And that end is changing performance, which will then change the business outcomes. So you ultimately want to, you know, as we're connecting the dots, if you miss that first dot of, well, training will lead to performance change. Well, in between training and performance change, they need to apply what they're doing. They need to practice what they're doing. But before that, they need to be engaged in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And when you have an experience, when your printed material all of a sudden springs to life, it be the, mm-hmm. and there's a, um, in, in, in gamification design, it's called surprise and delight. And when you create something that has a surprise and delight element to it, all of a sudden you are in a more relaxed state. You go into a state of flow because you're like, oh wait, that's really cool. That activates different areas in the brain and that's based on mm-hmm. a whole bunch of brain science. And when you are in that curious state, you are in a susceptible mode and a receptive mode to learn. That's yeah. the value that Zapper and augmented reality bring into the training is that I'm not being bored, I'm being engaged in delightful ways. And it will, when I do something in an interactive experience with an AR experience with the phone that I love, I'm using different muscles. I am leaning forward, I'm not leaning back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am listening to things, I'm watching things, I'm analyzing, I'm doing something. Your brain is lighting up at that point. And that's when there are more neural connections. That's when learning actually happens because you are actually engaged at that point. You said, you said it so much better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was too excited about them being in love with their device. And I love that. That makes me so happy. My brain is going too fast. I can't even think about what to talk about next. <laughs> so, so engaged in this conversation. As we're moving in this direction, um, towards the future of workplace learning. It, it feels like if sometimes it feels like we're getting traction just a little bit and then we sort of slide back because nobody has time 
Mm -hmm. Right. Or nobody takes the time or nobody makes the time. And they're not, you know, again, like we said, not recognizing that this starts in the design phase, not as an afterthought. So but as we as we move in this direction, how will delivery types change? We've recently seen a big, big shift because we had to from in-person training to virtual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, as we move forward with this whole vision of future of workplace learning, how will the delivery types change? And then what does that mean as far as having technical skills that we need to create it? We all have a uh, personal mobile computer around with us, which is our, our smartphones. Um, and so that means any uh, sign any that's on a piece of equipment, anything that's outside of your cubicle or work desk, that can become a learning opportunity. Because when you're out in the real world doing things out there, um, there are times when you need to not only learn something, but maybe it's just a performance support, or maybe it's a, a refresher of something. And wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that the solution to all of our problems is not training? What? Is that, is that what you just said? <laughs> what? That's okay, I'm really sorry. Thought. I know. I'm sorry I interrupted, but I couldn't help myself. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, back up. <laughs> so when we look at um, learning is more than a 20-minute e-learning course or a four-hour in-person virtual-led training or course or anything like that, when learning is, I'm curious about something, I need to be refreshed about something, I need to, uh, you know, it, it goes back to the different points of need. and at those different points of need, sometimes you just need to refresh or learn or have a deep dive into something or practice and apply. You get to, um, when you have a, a tool, currently it's a smartphone that you can um, look up something on YouTube or you can hold um, a device, your phone up to and scan and have a VR or an AR experience. Um, or take a picture and it will scan and do something with that. Uh, Google Glasses is an amazing thing. If you haven't seen what that does, go look it up. I'm not going to do a spoiler for you, but you can hold it up in front of any object and it will most likely tell you what that thing is, um, what kind of plant something is, if you wanted to know. The, That's pretty cool, the, by the way. It's amazing. So mm -hmm. the, the future of workplace learning is not that you have to know everything. It's that you have to have critical thinking and you have to know how to access the information that you need, um, whether it's learning or support or deeper diving into something. What we have now is these smartphones. What we'll have in probably less than two years, um, Apple has been working on you know, smart glasses. Google did that at first and the technology and the culture was not ready for it. We're getting closer to having augmented digital layer to our lives. Mm -hmm. um, there's augmented reality, which is something that everybody can see. It's a layer on top of what you're seeing. Virtual reality is something where the world around you disappears and you're in a complete virtual space. And then there's mixed reality, which is MR or XR, and they're coming up with all sorts of different names for it. But that's when you have both the digital and the real world kind of combining. Um, together. And a, an example of that is you could have a physical device 
um, Lego has some cool things. You could build a Lego boat and then that could be scanned and then your boat has an augmented digital reality on top of it. They have sets like that now. Super cool. Where are we going? What kind of technology is out there? It'll always be new. There will be new mm. things. But what we need to do as learning professionals is figure out, well, what are the new skills and how do we design for that? And we, I made the mistake when I first got into augmented reality and with the zapper and I was telling all of my team, look, at this is augmented reality. Isn't this cool? And they looked at me and was like, what are you talking about, Johnny? Or that's really cute, but they didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's because augmented reality is not a thing to itself. It's a shiny object if you just keep it as a shiny object. But if you say that, hey, here's a way to increase engagement, or here's a way that you can easily access um, a portal into something else to get additional information, it's like, oh, well, I can see some use to that. If you have a printed document or a sign and you want to um, easily look up something or you want to um, watch a video on it, if you want to bring a poster to life, Harry Potter style, mm -hmm. yeah, we can do that. And all of a yeah. sudden, it's a, it's a cool experience and you get to talk about it. Isn't that what learning should be? Something worth talking about? Yes, yes. Gosh, if we were in church, I would be saying amen. <laughs> I love everything you've said. Talking about the learners specifically, because I've heard you mention them a couple of times. Yeah. What can we expect from the learners as we are continue to evolve? We can expect from them that they're going to expect more from us. Mm -hmm. And here, so the number, one of the top three reasons people leave their jobs is because they don't perceive that they're learning much of anything. That they don't, they're not developing and growing. And so they will leave a company to go to one that they can grow and learn in. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, is that most companies believe, rightfully so, that they provide a lot of training and a lot of development. But most employees, workers, say, yeah, but that's really boring or it's horrible. And so I don't feel like I'm being fed Right. Developmentally. So the disconnect is not that there's available training. The disconnect is that the workers are not engaged in that training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do we expect? What do the workers expect from us is, can you give me something that is as cool as my Snapchat or as my Facebook or as my um, Netflix? Because that's really cool stuff. They're using the word cool because they enjoy it. it yeah. It, it and, it's, and it's seamless and it's intuitive and it gives them what they want. And it's part of how they learn now outside yes. of work. Yes. Because when you, need to, when you need to figure out how to build that Lego thing and you lost the instructions that came with it, what do we do? We Google it. Yeah. We we GTS it. We, we, <laughs> we YouTube it, right? We do all of those things. And we, you, which, what do we use? Do we pull out our laptop and boot up our computer? No. no. We pull out this beautiful device. I'm holding mine right now. Yes. This beautiful device that we are in love with. I'm in love with mine. 
I'll, I'll tiny explain. I, I, I just it's love it. Exactly and it. it does everything I need it to. Like it is, yes. it is my, what 20 years ago, my Franklin planner was like, it's my life. And I'm not ashamed of that. And um, so why, why wouldn't we just harness that? Right. So they pull that out and they figure out what they need and they will forever love it because it gives them what they need. And it well, teaches and them the what thing. they need to know. So here's the thing, the, 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 your smartphone, the, the, the tiny screen that you get to hold in your hand. Sometimes what you ask it to do is to give you a list of directions. Sometimes you ask it to give me a quick two minute video. Sometimes you ask it to read something to you. There, you ask it to do a lot of things and it's capable of giving you what you need, when you need it, in the way that you want it. Mm -hmm. Why can't we design learning that has that ecosystem so that when workers say, I need to learn, uh, I need to practice the thing that I learned that I sort of forgot how to do, well, I just need a refresher. Okay. Yep. Do you want to read something or do you want to watch a video or do you want to do a little micro game to play so you can practice doing that? Well, today in this situation, I want to do a little micro game. Tomorrow, when I come up with something, now I just want to listen to that podcast because somebody had a really cool insight about it. I just want to, you know, be prepared for my next meeting with somebody about a difficult conversation. So we, have different needs and if we as learning professionals design an ecosystem that meets those needs then people are going to say well learning is easy you just ask this the screen in my hand and yeah that's our that's the difficult job as learning professionals how do we create that ecosystem of engaging content in a variety of ways so that we can connect with with others at their moment of need. Yes. Let's say a learning professionals get that, right? Everyone on this podcast is like, yes, I believe in that. That's what we're doing. I'm all for it. And then they go back to their business and their business is like, just keep doing things the way you've been doing it. It's working fine. Right. Yep. That's And that's right there. That's the tension that creates in a in in learning and development professionals disengagement because the the fire that they have inside of them is literally like the business just pours water all over you because they're okay. like they're like we're not going to do that i have a solution for you okay I, I was hoping you would so i was in that same spot uh several years ago when i had these crazy cool ideas and i would say something about you know uh, augmented reality and it would fall on almost deaf ears. And these were just, people that it just enjoyed hits the that. Floor. Like you right. say augmented reality and they're like, oh yeah, okay. And it just hit, like you can literally hear it hit the right. floor because they did not right. take it in at all. Yeah. Gotcha. So my job as a learning professional is to make the connection to other people so they see the value that I see in it. And so I have to stop looking at the tool as the thing to be excited about. What does the tool do? What does it mean? So if somebody has this experience, if they're engaged in their learning, which I know they will be, well, what does that mean? Well, that means they're more focused. Okay, well, what does it mean to have a more focused worker? Well, that means they're going to pay attention and retain the information longer. Can I prove that? Well, if I can find a way to say, and now I'm speaking the language of 
managers and uh, executives, hey, I can um, increase retention and uh, worker performance by 20%. Well, how can you do that? Well, I can design experience that increases engagement. Well, how do you do that? Well, I do that with this thing called AR, but I can increase engagement and performance. Are you interested mm -hmm. in that? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I go to the part of what does it mean if they have this experience and what does that mean and how does that drive business outcomes? And when I talk about business outcomes, you can talk to any executive and if you say, oh, I have this wonderful story-based thing and it will, it's really wonderful and see this authoring tool, they won't care about it. You are an artisan talking about the artistry of making art. They don't care. It's not their world. That's not how they see the world. How they see the world, and I'm talking to executives and some managers, the people who green light your projects, if they're seeing the world in what's the cost savings to this. So if you can turn that around and say, hey, look, there's a way that you can um, slash your training budget by two thirds and increase retention uh, by 170%, are you interested in that? And I'll say, of course I am. You want, you're going to save me $2 million over the next year? Yeah. Tell me how you're going to do that. Well, mm -hmm. then you start having the conversation, but you need to have data to back that up. And that's where I'm excited about now is because now with all of these new tools that we've never had before, these new classes of tools, we can have a data conversation and that allows us to have to tie learning directly to business outcomes that changes everything and that's what everybody wants to talk about right now yeah and i'm all for having those conversations and under don't take this as me cutting you off in any way it's just that i haven't dug deep into it but the way that you're describing it i should you, i mean it's m very motivating to me to based on what you're saying to be able to say those things and then back it up with the data that is another skill that we have got to i wouldn't even call it a technical skill that we have got to be able to because for me it's very technical that we've got to be able to bring into our skill set is how can we and it's not about roi it's about even it, it, because I mean, we use that word a lot and i think a lot of lnds are like oh you can't really you can't really figure out ROI without some big, long, complicated thing. It's, it's looking at data that backs up data around engagement, data around, mm -hmm. around um, the, the ability of people to do their jobs well. Uh, and that, that type of data, it doesn't, it's just not necessarily some really complicated math problem. Rather, it is other data that comes to us already and we can take it and, and recognize it and apply it a different way. I'm going to take that one step further and instead of saying data, and I'm sure I've been saying data this whole time, um, think of data as a gigantic spreadsheet and mind numbingly rows and columns of numbers and letters all over the place and formulas. That's mm -hmm. data. Okay? Yeah, that's terrifying. That's not, I don't it is. No, mm -mm. I don't want to think like a chief executive or a, a, a chief uh financial officer that's not my world that's not my thing mm -hmm. but what we both can agree upon and easily see is analytics and that's different that, that is, is saying different. 
-hmm. Here's a dashboard that says, here are your key people. Here are your top five skills. Here are the trend lines. Everybody understands that visualization. And we as learning professionals can easily understand the trend lines and make things easy to understand at a high level. But that's also what executives understand. And now we get to talk at a level of analytics, analytics because we have the tools that take data into analytics. And that is a skill that we as learning professionals moving into the future of workplace learning, that is a skill that we need to be adept at. It's not mm -hmm. just, do you know how to do graphic design? Do you know how to do animation? Do you know instructional design and pedagogy? Great. You also need to know how to talk analytics. Yeah. So those of you who have been ignoring the analytics <laughs> conversation, like me, it's time to engage in that. And it's yeah. just like anything else, start by just listening when people are talking about it and trying to connect it to the work that you do and understanding, okay, well, if you're saying that this is what analytics is, what does that mean with the work that I do? And and then and then maybe get involved in the conversation and and ask some questions to people that you know and trust um but but yeah just like anything else like it's time to stop ignoring it and start recognizing that we're going to need to know at least at some level how to do this and you've convinced me of that which that's quite a thing to be proud of because well <laughs> you don't need to know data you need to be familiar with analytics. Yes. And you know, it goes back to what I said at the beginning. This is what got me into this passion, you know, and, and going into the future of workplace learning, because I was curious. There are these powerful new things. And what does that actually mean? And what it means is these things that we used to be doing, which is generating some really cool learning. Now that actually generates the stuff called data and analytics. Mm -hmm. Well, start asking some questions, start exploring. What does my course do? How many people actually took it? What does it mean if this and that? And mm -hmm. just start asking. That's how you get to understand at a, at a much deeper level. Agreed. Have you had any opportunities to put some of these ideas into practice? And so oh, tell, yeah. can you, okay, so tell us about what you've done recently that reflects this whole future of workplace learning. I wanted to do, I wanted to explore augmented reality. I had no idea. I tried one particular tool and it was difficult and it was a frustrating experience. Mm -hmm. I was sitting at a Chinese restaurant waiting to order food. So I'd take out my uh, mobile phone and I just typed in, Augmented reality online learning or online authoring platform and up pop zapper. I'm like, well, what's this? A week later, I had made my first tool. I used the, I downloaded the free software and a free trial thing and I made my first augmented reality. I'm like, this is amazing. And it does more things. So I made that. I made several experience, experiences. My manager was gracious enough to say, this looks promising. Go ahead and start to build a few things, Johnny. Then I had already learned how to use GoAnimate Beyond. Um, 
And then I was like, well, could you make a branching scenario with videos and use an augmented reality experience to turn that into a augmented reality branching scenario experience? Let me see if I can do that. So I built that experience. That was two years ago. Mm. Um, and the people around me were like, well, that's really cool. But when would we use this? They did not connect the dots to what I was doing to solve a business need that they had. So what happened? It just didn't do anything. After about a year or so, I kept on developing some things um, and built some other experiences that were more aligned to business needs. So I created an augmented reality experience for instructor-led training. And that started to gain a little traction. That turned into Vyond asking me, did you use our stuff to make this kind of cool thing? And I'm like, yeah. And they said, would you like to do a webinar with that? And I said, sure. So that's how the webinar came out. Um, awesome. And that was two years you know, after I had made that initial experience. We have just launched a system-wide initiative that had posters all over seven states. We have 117,000 caregivers at Providence, 51 different uh, hospitals, and there are posters all over the place, and there is now augmented reality on each of those posters. That's so cool. Why? Because when you look at a poster, and, and it's, it's launching a, a, a learning experience platform, um, that we're calling Rise. It's powered by Degreed. And instead of just saying, you know, read the, you know, go to this link on, the, on these posters that are out there. Yeah. No, you, you hold up your phone and all of a sudden, and there's a picture of uh, different animals on there. The animals pop out in 3D. <gasps> and then it's so cool. And then you tap a button and uh, you can watch a video actually on where the poster was but you watch a video there and then you can launch and go into the website. It's like, well, that's something cool. You'd want to tell your friend there is a big sea turtle down the hallway. Yes. Um, or a tiger or a toucan. If there was just a poster up there, people would walk by and go, whatever. No, right. but now you have people saying there's a toucan. You've got to see this. Well, that's better than the tiger over here. That's so cool. They're talking about it. And all of a sudden people are now, engaged and they're talking about the thing that the poster is trying to promote. That's why AR is exciting. Not because I can have a turtle. Uh -huh. I have it there because it can get people excited and talking about something. Absolutely. And sometimes people will be like, well, that's marketing. No. I mean, there's marketing involved, but there's marketing involved in anything we do in training. Right. You're, you are teaching people something. Yes. And in just because that person isn't sitting in a classroom or on the other side of a virtual classroom doesn't mm -hmm. mean they're not learning. Right? And like I I'm so excited like you can tell that I'm like so I'm like <laughs> stammering. I'm so excited. I guess I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm like I want to see I want to see the sea turtle. That's an amazing application and it's simple and incredibly effective. Now, some people are saying, "Okay, well, I just flipped my hair just in case you didn't know that. <laughs> okay, well, but how am I going to connect this to my LMS? You're not. Right. You're not. No, you're no. not. And guess what? That's okay. You're, you're right. still going to teach people stuff, even though it's not connected to your LMS. 
You have other forms of analytics that will come with the zap code or the augmented reality marker that mm-hmm. will give you a sense of if it's being used and how often and where, if it's something that travels around um, and that type of thing. But you're, it's not going to connect your LMS and that's okay. It's because okay. Because augmented reality is part of a blended solution. It's very rarely a solution in and of itself. Yes, it's part of an ecosystem. And LMS is part of that ecosystem. That's your learning of of, of record. It's a record store of all the things you did formal learning of. Great. Guess what? That is a small slice of the learning pie. Yes, just a piece of it. Yes. So for example, compliance training, right? Yes. We're not going to put compliance training into augmented reality. No. But we might put aug- lived. No, but we might put augmented reality into compliance training. Well, because you've done the learning, great. Well, how do you reinforce it? How do you apply it in different situations? Well, the application of it, when you apply that learning into your work performance, you could have an augmented reality experience that enhances that or that shows it in this story or in this context. It'd be like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. So there's no reason to connect it to your LMS. You're not putting all Mm -hmm. of your content that you might need to take somebody to court or use as a reason to fire them (laughs) into augmented reality, right? But you might take augmented reality and put it into that compliance course. Hopefully this gives people some ideas, not just about augmented reality, but just about, although I, I mean, I'm all for that because that's what I like to talk about, but also like, Like as we move forward and we're trying to integrate learning, hopefully it sort of helps them to think differently because that's what's so important. It's it's not so much that you have to use, you know, Zapper or you have to use Vyond or, you know, you have to use this or you have to use that. It's it's how can you think differently about learning and try to align the way that we learn at work closer to the way that we learn at home, because that's when you're going to get more engagement because they're already engaged at home. Nobody is telling them to use their phone to Google stuff. Nobody. Did anybody take an LMS course in order to learn how to do Netflix? Nobody did. And like, have you ever, like, have you ever seen those memes where it says um, nobody and there's nothing there and it says, right. Like, like that's what this is. Nobody, nothing there. Me. I think I'll Google that. Nobody said anything. Nobody ever told you to do that. Right. But, But because you're in love with your device and you know, it will give you what you want when you need it, what you need when you need it. That's what you're going to do. And so why can, why not harness that? Let's take it. Let's bring it into the workplace. Yes. Those of you who are thinking, oh, but the cloud. Okay. So call me. I'll help you with that. There are ways around those things that you're worrying about as far as, you know, data security, because we wouldn't be able to do it if there weren't. And I mean, I'm, I work for a financial company. I, we use augmented reality. You work for hospitals, mm-hmm. medical group, use augmented reality. It's possible. So those, those, but, uh, the clouch, shh, stop. I can help you with that. Well, th- th- that's a really good tangent because there are a lot of roadblocks that do pop up and no one solution is going to be the be all end all for everybody every time but it is a it's it's another piece and going back to what you were saying earlier we need to shift our mindset mm-hmm. before we start using any of these tools and these yep. tools are a way to do something well we got to figure out what that something is and some of these somethings that we've been talking about have been increasing engagement yeah. Some of them yeah. have been 
getting business analytics. Some of them have been, you know, how to keep people in the flow and give them what they want and have a delightful experience. We can design for all of those. We absolutely can. And, and that's kind of what's my next thing is what can we do right now to, to move towards or get ready for some of these changes that are coming? Like we talked about, um, start thinking differently, mm -hmm. start paying attention to how you're learning outside of work and thinking about, can you transfer that in some way into your workplace learning? What else, what else can we do right now? Most tools that are out there you know, Vyond and Zapper and Formsite or Prezi or anything, they'll have free trials. Go start, you do two things simultaneously. Go find a tool that looks reasonably interesting to you and go play and build something. And mm -hmm. you're only doing that to see what can be built and what is out there because there's new tools that do new things that have never been able to be done before. So you need to build that. So that's kind of playing on one side. Mm -hmm. On the other side, go talk to some of the executives, some of the managers and ask, what are some business problems that we're having trouble solving? Not the ones that we're doing well with, but what are ones that are problematic? Mm -hmm. You get a list of the problems. You start playing around with a bunch of tools that have never existed before that use technologies that have never been around. Well, guess what? When you play around enough in both of those areas, new problems and new tools, there's going to be a connection at some point in time after a certain while. And your job is to go, wait a minute, this tool does this thing, and I think it could solve that problem. Now you can start taking this out of the, I'm playing around with this tool. Now start to build a low stakes prototype it needs to be low stakes. There's not a lot of money. There's, mm -hmm. um, you know, no one's going to get fired if you build this. You're only going to show it to your three closest colleagues. You know, very low stakes. But build something that could address whatever one of those key things are that is a business problem. And then get some data. Do some tests. Get a little better at whatever tool that is. And all of a sudden... If you do that a couple of times, one of those things is going to land. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you'll get to say, well, wait a minute. If we do this at scale, now we're going to reduce training times or cost or whatever by this amount of really wonderful business thing. That's how you do that. And you don't know what's going to land. But what you do, what you can do immediately is start playing with some of those tools that look interesting to you for free mm -hmm. and start asking questions of what are some problems that we need to solve as a business. And your job, the, the hard part of what you do is to make those connections. And that's mm -hmm. the joy that that's the value that we as learning professionals get to bring to the table. Well said. So as we are wrapping up, yeah. um, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions that I ask all of my guests. First of all, how do you align your passion with your work? I do that by going back to my curiosity. I'm a naturally curious person. We talked about passion earlier. That's, that's a part of who I am. And so I've been 
fortunate enough where I'm have moved my career and moved to different positions and do different things. I said, I have three different jobs right now. Mm -hmm. Those are all my passion. There's a ton of overlap between each of those things. And so the work that I do, yes, it's, it's hard. Yes, it's work, but boy, do I love it. I almost literally jump out of bed every morning because I'm excited about the potential of doing something amazing and contributing that's that's what drives me it is exciting there is unknown that's what that's my passion and i've and i'm doing that for work it's it's a fantastic thing that's great that's awesome i love that answer okay so next question what is the message that you want to get out to our listeners what would you want them to remember it can be about anything we've talked about or not the message that I want to get out is go and be curious, go out and do something. So it's not just a curious of, well, I wonder why, but it's, I wonder why, and do some of that exploration and give yourself time and freedom and space to, to explore and to build and create and to ask questions because that is what's going to lead you into something that hopefully will benefit others and something that you have a passion for and that you can provide value in the thing that you do and you do well. But just do something. Just do something small, but just do something. Be curious and do something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great message. All right. How can people connect with you if they want to after the show? Well, you can definitely reach out. I'm on LinkedIn. I have a group that is called Micro Learning with Augmented and Virtual Reality. I also write for Medium. So if you search for me on Medium, um, I think it's medium.com slash at Johnny Hamilton or something to that effect. I have also a publication on Medium called The Future of Workplace Learning. And soon enough, I'll be launching a podcast series about the future of workplace learning. So that's kind of the, the, the tagline to, to find me. I will be for sure listening to your podcast. Thank you so much, Johnny Hamilton, for sharing your thoughts today. And thank you so much, listeners. Watch for another episode of the If You Ask Betty podcast soon. Peace out.